The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. What is happening this Saturday in the Aviva is that Ireland are taking on the Springboks in the first of the November internationals. And apparently the IRFU are keen to address some concerns that pa- fans have about uh, the stadium experience and the atmosphere at these types of games. Jerry Thornley is the Irish Times rugby correspondent and he's been writing a bit about this in the paper uh, today. Jerry, you're very welcome to the show. W- what exactly... Are the IRFU worried about and what are they going to do about it? Well, they're worried about the, uh, the, the t- as you said, the Aviv experience for not a lot of true rugby-going supporters who have become sick of the place and just don't enjoy the experience much anymore. I, I was writing about this after Six Nations and I used the example of one 80-year-old man who counted that he had to stand up 87 times during the course of one of the Six Nations games to allow people to come back and forth uh, to either procure or return with beer. And um, he said to his... I think it was a son who brought him to the game, said, um, thanks very much, but don't ever bring me back again. And I was inundated with emails from pe- people who had much the same experiences and, you know, from anecdotal evidence from people talking to me, WhatsApp groups, the works, and the, the amount of comments numbered over 200 at the bottom of the article. So it was quite a remarkable response. Um, I don't know whether the IRFU took notice of that itself or um, were inundated themselves on foot of the, those articles. But anyway... They vowed to try and do something about it and said they would speak to me about what their plans would be before the November series. So I met with Paul Rick Power, the IRFU chief commercial officer, um, a couple of days ago for coffee. And he outlined what they're going to do. He told me they're going to do three things. Number one, they were going to email all the ticket holders, all the people who bought tickets and politely ask them to not um, make constant um, visits to the bar um, to upset the view for other supporters mm. they would do so also um in public announcements and their social media during the game and they also said they were going to um become more interactive the mc would become more interactive the fans during the game with musical interludes and um and, and encouragement to, to voice their support which it sounds ominous and yeah that, that have... sounds like the exact opposite of i think of what people want from their stadium yes. experience less yes. piped music i'd wager yes Yes, totally. And they're also going to have a more scientific approach. And actually, because they, they got on to all their stakeholders, tenure stakeholders, ticket holders, uh, clubs, various cross-section of fans, and got a very mixed reaction. Some people found the experience terrible. Others were insistent they wanted to have a pint at the game. Um, so they're going to have a, um, they've hired a company to uh, do a survey, I presume for the sample of about a thousand over the next three games. And on foot of that, look into what other measures they might take. Mm. It seems almost counterintuitive. Uh, some of the plans are rather contradictory uh, in the sense that I, I wouldn't be a big fan, Jerry, of having a pint at a game, but nothing would drive me to the bar quicker than more of that incessant piped music during a match. I would think, my God, I'm just going to go out there for five minutes, peace and quiet. Uh, completely, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. It's deafening at the start. And the thing about deafening music is it drowns out any attempts to encourage fans to sing themselves. Mm. If you go to Paris, for example, in the start of France, they will call out the French team by first name only. So that encourages the 80,000 there to shout out the, the surnames. So immediately they're involved in the game. Um, they've been encouraged to take part. They're part of the experience. Uh, they they used, used the example of the three Southern Hemisphere countries where they do this. They have musical interludes during the game, you know, like five seconds, whatever, and a, a roar to get the fans going or encourage to get the fans going. I said, Paul, that's only because the atmosphere at the three new All Blacks Ireland games was like a library. The All Blacks fans don't sing at all. They've got one chant, All Blacks, All Blacks. They'll roar and scream if they score, and otherwise it's very, very quiet. And that's why they have to do that. So if, if, you're, ha- if you're having to make announcements during the game to lively up the fans, then you're acknowledging you've got a problem. Uh, the, the, the drinking thing as well, I mean, to what extent is that a new problem 
because I remember being in the old Lansdowne Road and plenty of people drinking pints around me. Uh, has it gotten worse that the IRFU now feel they need to do something? Well, certainly all the anecdotal evidence again, Kieran, is that it has got worse and more and more people are complaining about this. So it looks as if the profile of the ticket holders, particularly going to Six Nations games, is a little different from past days. I don't know, are there less fans coming up, say, from Munster across from Connacht down from Ulster? Um, but who's getting the tickets? I mean, the clubs get a, a huge chunk, the 80% or so of the tickets, but the clubs are faced with enormous heating, electricity bills and so forth just to stay alive, particularly after COVID. I was talking to two clubs in Galway, Corinthians and Galwegians, and they were saying it cost them around 300 grand a year to run their clubs, and it's wow. just a constant battle. Um, so they sell off their tickets because it's the, one of the out- outlets for making money, and you can't really blame them if they do that. They've got to stay alive as a club. That's more important. So I don't know about what kind of profile the spectator is going to the games. A lot of day trippers, maybe. I don't know. But they just don't seem to be as involved in the match. And of course, now, I, th- I think this will be better on Saturday because the world champions are coming to town. It's a 5.30 kickoff. It's just after Ireland have beaten the All Blacks and it's f- historically for the first time ever down in New Zealand in a series. There are, but that's the thing. This is the best team in the world at the moment. Ireland are ranked number one in the world and deservedly so. And are probably playing the best brand of rugby any Irish team has ever played. I just want to see the Aviva be- become more recognition, more rec- recognising that more and backing the team more and making it into a fortress. Because I'm sure... There's a lot more that could be done to make the, the atmosphere a good, good deal better. There is as well. I mean, for particularly, I think, is it half five kickoff uh, this mm-hmm. Saturday, the first mm-hmm. game as well? I mean, there's a kind of a cultural phenomenon they're rowing against or people are rowing against to a degree as well, whereby these November internationals, particularly with an evening kickoff, they are kind of sold, if not officially sold as such, but they're kind of sold uh, unofficially as extensions of a night out. You know what I mean? Come up, go to the match, go for drinks beforehand, go for a meal before or after. Whereas when you think of other Sports. Maybe Gaelic games is maybe sold more as a family experience. It happens in the middle of the day. It, it, it's it's less conducive to the consumption of alcohol. Yeah, that was Porrick Parr's point as well, that there's Sunday games, the All-Ireland Finals, and there's much more of um, a rural contingent coming to the match yeah. and they would tend to drive home afterwards. I don't know if that's necessarily so. All I do know is that I've been to many, I've been lucky enough to go to a few All-Ireland Finals here and, and the atmosphere, they don't allow beer, they don't allow beer being brought back into the ground. After any, at any stage during the first yeah. and second halves. The bars are open before the game, half-time and after the game. And people enjoy that. And you're not constantly up and down out of your seat to allow people to pass through with um, trays of beer. Now, okay, they've got a 20-year agreement with the catering company Compass, so that can't be imposed at the Viva Stadium. And I'm not, I don't want to be a killjoy here. I like a pint as much as anybody. I even like, you know, electric, electronic music as much as anybody, but it's in its proper place. I, if, I can't understand why they just cannot say, okay, you want to go for a beer, Go out in the concourse, watch the match, match on TV if, that's, if you really want a beer, but just don't be making people get up and down during the course of the first and second halves. And I think Crow Park just do that much better. They're much mm. more; it's much more of an engaged crowd as a result. All right. Well, listen, we'll have to see what, what impact uh, it has on the fan experience uh, this weekend. I'm going to be there as well, so maybe I'll give my assessment as well on Monday. If you have another article, Jerry, I might be one of those 200 comments uh, <laughs> underneath it. Listen, briefly before you go, just in the match itself, you know, we are the number one team in the world. They are the world champions. What can we expect? An absolute cracker of a game. I really think it's going to be one of the best matches. It's going to be the best match since the All Blacks exactly a year ago in Dublin. It'll definitely be better than any of the Six Nations games for atmosphere and and for sense of jeopardy. I think it'll be a, a very close game. The, the South Africans are definitely primed to be a little bit like 
the kind of La Rochelle Saracens, England French teams that with big physicality up front, their bomb squad, a big front row to come on for the last 20 or 30 minutes of the game to really up the ante in the scrums. That, and their fairly fast line, ag- aggressive line speed that will trouble this Irish attack in a way that New Zealand actually wouldn't have done. So I do think it's a different kind of test. It will tell us an awful lot about this Irish team. But um, I would still, I think, um, I haven't really cut this through, but I still think think Ireland might actually win this one. <sighs> all right. All right. Well, I look forward uh, to it. I hope you're right, Jerry. Pleasure. And thanks a million for joining us uh, on the show. Jerry Thornley is the Irish Times rugby correspondent. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.